what do you think of student government? What's that? Oh, it's an organization on campus where a bunch of kids get together and boost their resumes. Oh, that's stupid. That was Xavier Rotnovsky, former student body president. His candidacy and tenure as student body president seem improbable. He and his vice president, Rohit Mandalapu, removed the Jefferson Davis statue from campus, lobbied against campus carry, and helped get thousands of Longhorns on the voting rolls, among other accomplishments. At the end of their term, the Dallas Morning News nominated them for their Texan of the Year award. The catch? They ran for student government as a joke and never expected to. I'm Spencer Buckner, an audio staffer with The Daily Texan. In today's episode of The Rodeo, instead of covering what's going on in 2019, we're taking a look back at UT's vibrant history of parody, satirical, and absurdist campaigns for student government. Satire in SG elections got its start when Jay Atkins and Skip Slyfield, running under the Arts and Sausages ticket, won the student association election in 1976. Atkins and Slyfield ran on a platform of avoiding all issues, having a Bevo barbecue, and changing the inscription on the main building to Money Talks. They won over an increasingly apathetic student body with a resounding 60% of the vote, a record at the time. Their administration couldn't fix student apathy, though. Less than a year after leaving office, as we mentioned in the last episode, Longhorns voted to end student government for good. Five years later, though, the Students Association was reinstated. In the 1982 elections, enthusiasm was so high that there was a festival for a candidate. That candidate was a vaguely dinosaur-shaped daily Texan cartoon named Hank the Hallucination. Remember him from last episode? His human supporters, the Society for Hallucination Integration, described Hank as the dream candidate. Hank won the election, though he never took office. After the results were nullified on account of Hank not existing, he was murdered by his creator, Sam Hurt, on West Mall, and a funeral ceremony and procession was held. Hank's casket was draped with an American flag. Since then, apathy towards student government was largely directed through the crap party. Crap was more than a crude joke. It stood for the Committee to Retire Aspiring Politicos and existed for the sole purpose of abolishing SG. Though never successful, their efforts came to a head in 1995 when crap presidential nominee Neil Sheffield kidnapped Reveille from College Station and later returned her after the police threatened action. Satirical campaigns are a staple of almost any student government election here at UT. Today, though, we'll be looking at two in particular that gain national news coverage and notoriety. Campaigns that started out as jokes, but ended up being taken very seriously. Later, we'll talk about Xavier Rotnovsky, who with his running mate Rohit Mandalapu, won the SG elections in 2015. First, in 1995, Wiley Kep, an English senior at the time, decided out of boredom to launch what would be SG's deadliest campaign. At the time, and in the years following, we had the official story. I'll just kind of tell you the actual story that happened. That's Kep. We talked on the phone last week. Here he is in a radio interview in 1995. Welcome to the show, Wiley. Wiley apparently, uh, you know, rescued a couple of lobsters. Uh, he's named them Zoe and Squishy from a Red Lobster restaurant here in town. And he saw them try to climb out of their tank. And he says if he wins, he's going to take these uh, two lobsters, Zoe and Squishy, back to Maine to be released. But if you lose, what's going to happen? I'm going to boil them alive at high noon on the <laughs> West Mall of the University. Wow, that's pretty hardcore, man. Here's Kep in 2019 explaining what happened. So I actually got two lobsters and uh, kept them alive in my dorm room. Um, 
And uh, we just, we said, you know, campaigns are usually built around, you know, we want lower tuition. We want, you know, the same kind of stuff every year. Like, let's do something that is life and death and see if it makes any sort of impact. The Save the Lobster campaign, as it was known, appeared at the Student Association's debates and ran an aggressive ad campaign. Kep, the presidential nominee and only candidate on the lobster ticket, kept a very focused message. Whenever we could, at any debate or any time I, I spoke to any reporters, we decided that the campaign was going to stick to that issue as much as humanly possible. Just if we got asked about tuition, just say, you know, tuition's important, but uh, these lobsters' lives are much more important. Kep's campaign and threat of a lobster boil quickly gained national attention. What we hoped is to cause a little ruckus around campus and, and get more student votes. Um, but what happened is the campaign went national. It was covered in the Chronicle of Higher Education. It made the front page of the metro section of the Dallas Morning News. There was a large article in the Statesman about it. It made the cover of the Texan. On the day of the election, Kep placed fourth with 6.7% of the vote. The Daily Texan ran a graphic advertising his lobster boil on the front page. Animal rights activists were furious. One wrote a firing line in the Texan calling Kep a terrorist. Another compared him to Oklahoma City bomber Timothy McVeigh over the phone. PETA pleaded with Kep to call off the event. A woman from the local chapter of PETA called begging me not to do this. Um, I actually sympathize with many PETA endeavors, but I said I made a promise. I've got to stick to my promises. Kep did stick to his promise. And at the boil... PETA protesters came out in full force. So we wheeled the lobsters to the West Mall, right in front of the fountain, right in front of the Union, started setting up our tables. There were already PETA protesters there with boards uh, saying death to Wiley, boil Wiley, you know, crazy things. After being forced by administrators to move off of West Mall for lacking a proper cooking permit, Kep set up in front of a restaurant on the drag and prepared to send the lobsters to their demise. I boiled water, made a little speech beforehand saying, I set out this campaign to save these lobsters' lives. Uh, we counted on the student body to vote, and, and the student body did not agree with us. So, you know, just lifted the lobsters up one by one and put them in the boiling water, and PETA supporters screamed. We cooked it, put it on a plate, and ate it. Uh, I had never cooked a lobster in my life, but it, they came out really good. <laughs> After that, Viral fame and all, Kep graduated. The lobster party, like Zoe and Squishy, didn't make it past 1995. Flash forward to 2009. The Texas Travesty, the campus's premier and only official satirical publication, decides to start running SG tickets every year to build publicity for the paper. While amusing, one ticket claimed to be sent from the future to stop the eventual victors from winning the election, they never met much success at the polls. That is, until 2015. I mean, no, the thing is, like, it was just always just, like, to goof around, I guess. Uh, I mean, we weren't trying to win. Um, it was it was just, like, an opportunity, I guess, to for everybody on the travesty to, I guess, like, you know, just be out and uh, doing weird stuff. That's Rotnovsky again. You might remember him from the beginning of the episode as student body president from 2015 to 2016. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. In spring 2015, he and his running mate, Rohit Mandalapu, were simply another travesty joke ticket. It's always been a tradition for um, the travesty to put on, like, two joke candidates. Um, and so that year, it was uh, just something that we decided to do. We were both editors at the time, and 2015 came around. I just texted him and was like, hey, let's do it. But 
their campaign found momentum. With a slew of campaign videos, including attempts to get endorsements from middle schoolers. Who are you crushing on? I don't want to answer that. What does her name start out with? There. What's the second letter of her middle name? Her middle name? Yeah. A. Rotnovsky and Mandalapu made it to the runoff in a distant second place. They still believe they had no shot of winning, even after their extensive social media campaign, including an attack ad against themselves, went viral. Rotnovsky Mandalapu, can they even take themselves seriously? Are they even qualified? Are they even single? Two dweebs. Indian Jonah Hill. A disappointment. The ticket, affectionately known by supporters as Rotman, had garnered a devoted following on campus. Even though they've influenced a spike in voter turnout and have one of the most successful social media campaigns in UT student government history, they're still f***ing losers. The campaign did seem to take something seriously, though. Aside from forcing all SG members to wear cellophane to increase transparency, the ticket advocated for removing the Jefferson Davis statue from campus because Drake and Josh wouldn't have supported him. Though they actually supported removing the statue and drafted legislation to do it, it was more of a jab at student government than anything else. When we included that in our platform, like we did it kind of like as a boast, like as a ridiculous boast that like if we won, of course, we take down the Jefferson Davis statue, which was like what we were just commenting on was like how all the other student government campaigns just like didn't really deal with any real issues, kind of lofty promises. Like oh, they, they always like campaigned on lofty promises that were never followed through with. After a campaign built on jokes and jabs, the day of the runoff seemed like the end of the road. When the results were announced, however, campus was shocked. Against all odds, Rotman won. Our next student government president and vice president is Xavier Rodman. We didn't think it was it would be possible that we were gonna win at all, like even at that point. So we we were talking about how like even in that off chance that we did win like we would concede so like in when they announced it then like you know it was it was extremely surprising and overwhelming and kind of like an oh shit moment it was it was overwhelming for sure our moms convinced us not to like concede yeah my mom was pissed that i was like even considering that she's like you really want to piss off like five thousand people who came out to vote for you uh, she had a point Rotnovsky and mandalapu obviously didn't concede the election and took office later that semester. But how do two pranksters, as the Austin American statesman described them, actually lead student government? I think, like, what we ended up learning was that, like, as long as, like, we didn't take ourselves seriously and just kind of, like, try to do the best we could, like, in the job, then, like, that would be fine. In the face of a very serious year on campus, with the Texas legislature passing the campus carry bill, the murder of Haruka Weiser and Abigail Fisher's lawsuit against UT, the Rotnovsky-Mandalapu administration fared objectively better than other winning satire campaigns, gracefully blending their signature humor with serious change. To top it all off, Rotnovsky and Mandalapu were nominated for Texans of the Year. Uh, we just mostly thought it was kind of funny, just because like, out of all the other Texans in the state of Texas, uh, they would nominate us. It was just mostly like a nice thing to put on a resume, which uh, you know I, I have on my resume and has still not helped me get a job. So where do we go from here? 
Since 2015, satirical campaigns at UT have failed to catch fire in the way that J. Adkins Absurdus, Aratnovsky and Mandalapu did. Bold exhibitionists like Kep have also been absent from campus elections. There's no travesty ticket running this year, but there is a satirical ticket. Michaela Lavelle and Anilia Krishnan. This is how they describe themselves. We kind of came into this a little unconventionally, I think, but we are really just out here to have a good time, be a refuge maybe for people who don't feel represented by the other campaigns. Our entire platform basically consists of a collaborative Google Doc. Despite the humor, Lavelle and Krishnan have largely been absent from the campaign trail. I asked Rotnovsky why he felt that was, why satire fell out of fashion in SG politics. This is what he said. I think it has to do with just everything that's going on in the world in the U.S. Like, it's there's a lot of more overwhelming and pressing things that are just, like, always on everybody's minds right now. I just think there's just way more, I guess, stresses and things that people just, like, are worried about that, like, you can't really have, like, a just a pure comedic, like, lighthearted, like, campaign. And it almost would feel inappropriate to, like, be light in light of that. I don't know. After last year's SG election, it's clear that national tensions and distrust have changed our campus dialogue. We'll find out later today who will be leading SG this next year. It's hard to say if or when satirical tickets will make a comeback. While national and campus politics have changed, for Wiley Kep, one thing hasn't. The way he likes to eat his lobster. I mean, boiled's the only way to go. Real straightforward. And some salty water, a little bit of spice. <laughs> I'm Spencer Buckner, and this was a special edition of The Rodeo.